Hello, this is Jade Hoy from the Back to Back Podcast. A couple messages before we begin today's Basketball Buds with Ryan Russillo. Good show today. Uh, be sure to search The Daily Ding in your preferred platforms for podcasts. Uh, it's a show that recaps the night in the NBA. It's about 20 minutes long, uh, delivered to you very early in the morning. We work very hard on it, and we would love to see this show succeed. Uh, so search Daily Ding. Also, BOMM is on its own feed, so search those platforms as well for Black Opinions Matter Monday. And uh, also on Wednesdays, we do a challenge with the fans of the Back to Back podcast on FanDuel. Um, if you go to fanduel.com forward slash B2B, uh, use that link. You'll get $5 uh, and uh, you can play with us at least once and it, ho- it helps out the show greatly. Oh, and also, if you're looking for some merchandise, t-shirts, etc., cetera, uh, be, be sure to go to cottonbureau.com, search uh, the Count the Dings there and you get uh, an assortment of t-shirts and some pins. The pins are beautiful, by the way. I wear my, my golden do-rag almost every day. Uh, putting on your backpack, putting on your tie, I don't know, wherever you put pins, uh, buy one of these. And uh, also, if you wear one to the live show, I just might buy you a drink. And that's it. Enjoy the show. Bye. Ron, you've been preaching patience uh, this whole year. At what point does that patience run out? And, And what do you look like as a leader when your patience does run out? Um, You probably don't want to be around when my patience run out. I'm serious. This one's uh, this, this one's not doing great. Uh, there's the there's the Yeti Nano too now. If you want, ooh, for travel. Is that a is that a uh, is that a uh, a CTD purchase? Okay, you want to, you need one. I this mic this mic is not doing great, so I just need a mic. Tom's mic has a little issue, and I think it's the USB cable. I also need new headphones. If anybody out there working for a headphone company wants to send me their headphones, you I will headphones? promote you. Okay, headphones. You know what yeah, you like? I... Well, I know what I like. <laughs> oh, no, you're not getting those three hundred dollar Bluetooth Sony's. That's okay. for me. That's for you. <laughs> I want, oh, dude, I'm dying for some Bluetooth headphones. But the problem with them, they're not. If you don't spend the money on them, they're not yeah. good. That's the thing. I bought these cheap ones, these yeah. cheap Bluetooth ones, and I and and they just, I mean, they just sound bad. You got to spend at least three hundred. Yeah. Well, I had I had a pair of three hundred dollar Sony ones, oh, and they you had just, those Bluetooth. Yeah, they, yeah, they snapped. What? They snapped, they snapped like uh, in a, in uh, in my luggage. Oh, you should have sent you. You know, if you sent them back no, to Sony, I had had them for like two years. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Okay, you gotta, I still have them. You got to go. Them. You got to go. Right, grandma LL Bean style on them, you know. Okay, okay. I can Most do that. companies, in, in fact, if you make the effort, and if they're if the product breaks or something like that, if you send it to the the actual place, I mean, who actually? 
now that I think about it, Sony is in Japan. <laughs> it took me. You about, send it to Main Street, Zach. I, I ordered. I ordered a, a uh, Main Street Japan. I ordered a Mega Mecha Godzilla for Grayson, and it came straight from Japan. It took like ten weeks to get here. <laughs> I kept writing the guy, and he kept writing back to me in broken English. <laughs> he was like, "It's on the boat." Trust me, it's on the boat. <laughs> it's on the boat. <laughs> that's uh, just that sounds racist. It does sound racist, but it was yeah. on a, you know one of those giant shipping containers. Um, who am I missing here? Maze. Oh, Rusil is just running a little late. Okay. Uh, Waz is getting his mic set up. But we do have some messaging. Hey, check out this Daily Ding show hosted by this guy, Zach Harper. This thing's a f***ing masterpiece. Excuse my language. Ooh. Love this shit. It's my favorite thing, like getting on the treadmill and just popping on that funk music. You know what I'm saying? I don't like that Zach Harper guy, though. I, You know what? He's grown on me. Um, I didn't like him at first, but he's just so charming. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a good show. I'm... Um... I've been on the road and it's hard to like, while I'm traveling, hard to keep up with all the NBA news and I don't have all that much time. Um, You're a busy guy. You're a family man. He's a family man. Life is hard. Um, So I I listened to the Daily Ding and there's this other guy, this star. uh, His name is Black Trey. I don't know if anyone's ever heard of him. Um, but he is a star. That Zach Harper did, not yeah, a fan. I, my I agree. Two two stars on that show, Zach Harper and Black Trey. I'm with you, Tom. Uh, my favorite uh, line of last night was Trey goes, imagining your third option goes for 52. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's frightening. Um, oh, light 52. Actually, so, yeah. Kate, how do you find the Daily Ding? Oh, if you go to uh, to Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, um, just search Daily Ding, and it'll come right up. And again, 20-minute podcast oh. every morning. I turn it on. As soon as I wake up in the morning, I tweet out the link. I turn it on. I listen to it as I get ready. I walk to the gym. As soon as I get to the gym, boom, it's done on the treadmill. Not the treadmill. Wait, so I don't like, do treadmill. I do the, the elliptical. Even though just, it's really quick and it's like a 20, 25-minute pod, do you bring on guests and stuff for like exclusive oh, information? Guests. Oh, my goodness. Uh we had we had John Krasinski on. We had Joe Varden on. Both of the Athletic. We got all kinds of people. We might have a Tom Haverstrow on at some point. Maybe an Ethan Strauss. Amin El Hassan. Amin El Hassan. Maybe Obama. Who knows? Who knows who we're gonna get? I'm not saying if you download it tomorrow, it's gonna have Barack Obama on it. I'm just. I don't know. That's the thing. I don't, I don't know. There. I don't. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if we're gonna get Shaq. I don't know. Could be anybody. Do we have Drake's number? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Um, actually, I don't know. Do we have Drake's number? I, I could get sure. Drake's. I actually was could, his hunted number. I don't know down. That would, I don't know if you can answer, but I could get Drake's number. Yeah. Also, uh, uh, if you want to buy some T-shirts, we got some swag and uh, some merch on the site. These T-shirts, Tom. Let me tell you, you look good in them. They look good on you. Uh, your sex life will improve. I mean, I can't even tell you how great these T-shirts are. Do you wear uh, a shirt? <laughs> During Bug- sex. <laughs> Sorry. Do I wear a Sorry, shirt when? Uh, trying to yeah, figure out this just, new oh, shit. Teddy! Hey, your door. Okay, I'm adding this daily ding to Google Play, even though it should already be there, courtesy of okay. our 
Yeah, we got a lot of questions about that Google Play. I mean, it's, I have it as one of our destinations on, on Lipson, but it's not. How do we get on Spotify? Maybe that's not a question for the podcast. We should be on Spotify. Oh, are we? Okay, check us out on Spotify. Um, oh, I have to verify ownership. Wow, so you are a Spotify user? Yeah, I'm Spotify. Okay. Well, you're, you, I think you're the coolest dude I know, so like I gotta make sure I'm. <laughs> yeah, Apple Music is just something I can't. I personally just hate, um, and I just think the user experience on Title is not as. It's just not as easy. And I that's think a, um, that's interesting, Wallace, because I uh, so I have Apple Music. I don't have. I've never really been a Spotify person. I also don't listen to a ton of music. I listen to more yeah. podcasts or watch shit. So I'm trying to figure out if I should make the switch if it's actually going to Spotify. Be Spotify, their algorithm is smarter. Like when you like when they stop playing a song that you already liked, that you already started playing. Say you just played the one, then they're going to automatically roll in another song next. Just play a song that's okay. connected to stuff that you already like. So their algorithm was with like predicting that like songs that are in the same whatever wavelength or whatever. They're really good at that. They have like a trillion playlist, right? And so, you know, obviously, whatever there's rap and R and B and and and, country. and pop yeah. and EDM country playlists, you know. But they even got stuff like Afrobeat or bluegrass or whatever. Like literally, you know, they're they're just a lot smarter about the um, actual curation of music. A title, you know, I thought of. Rich, I don't think people actually want to listen to a playlist that some famous person made, right? I, I think what, what a Spotify has figured out is all of these artists that you already follow, because you know you can follow artists on, on Spotify, so you can update whenever they do something new or whatever. They're just smarter about figuring out the artists that you already like and keeping those that same type of music in front of you all the time. Yeah, I think it it sounds like it would be good for for like finding new artists and finding new music cuz yeah. all I do with Apple Music is like, all right, new album came out, I download it, right? Like that's the right. benefit to me is I'll just download whatever like Lil Wayne, you know, Carter 5 comes out. Like, okay, cool, I'll download, I'll check it out. Like that's kind of how I use it. I don't like I don't really go through like the playlist and all that shit. But also yeah. I feel like I'm pretty limited in finding out what's what's new. Yeah, I and you know, they have <laughs> They got the discover page. They got all of that shit, man. It's it's dope to me. Like, you know, only other one I because I just don't straight up like the music, like the the physical trying to find songs yeah, and shit yeah, on yeah. Apple is annoying to me. Um, and like I said, title like you know their their user interface is just not as dope because it's a music company, right? Like where Spotify is like a tech company that serves you music. <laughs> Title is a music company, so their tech side isn't as like amazing, you know. And so that's why I like Spotify, me personally. This yeah, and Justin Timberlake owns it, right? Nuts. That's Spotify.com forward slash B2B okay. for <laughs> that's why that's why zero percent off on Spotify. Because JT's in it. Justin Timberlake owns Spotify? <laughs> what? <laughs> or it was was he Sean? Is it Sean Parker in the social network? Sean that was Parker, Napster. Right. That's Napster. Okay. I thought that the, the Parker dude, the Napster dude is behind Spotify, but no, that like, might be they're, incorrect. They're, they're like Jay, Swedish. Hit me with the fake news. They're Swedish or something like that. 
they're ice. Uh, they are. It, it is a Swedish company. Nordic. What the hell is Nordic? Uh, uh, Sean Parker was and in, he invested 15 million in Spotify in 2010. So you're not wrong, Tom. Wow, look at that. Thank you. Maze. Shout out to Kazaa. How about that? What's up, y'all? Dropping facts. Yes, he was. Oh, yeah. Shout out to LimeWire, Tom. Man, LimeWire got me through some times. <laughs> <laughs> and back before YouTube, you would use LimeWire to try to find, like, Porn? Like Vince Carter dunk highlights? Oh, no, that, well, yeah, it's kind of, it's a basketball. <laughs> that's, that's porn of a variety. <laughs> no, of course you would find porn on the. Well, actually, you had to be real careful with the porn on LimeWire. Like, it was. Running <laughs> up with the Vince Carter dunk package. Seems a thing that can't some, uh, Or some mixtape from some rapper. <laughs> oh man! Oh god! Try to download like like Biggie or something like that, and all of a sudden there's some yes. shitty scene. That's, rapper. What, that's yeah. how that went. Yes. <laughs> You're like, is this really? Yeah, I, I, you get these like grain. Well, again, it sounds like I'm talking about porn, but you get these grainy like Vince Carter highlights in there. Like it, the one I remember trying to find the most was uh, he had this this rookie year baseline up and under two handed dunk against the Pacers. I think oh, yeah. it was on Chris Mullen or something like that, uh, or he drove by Chris Mullen on that on that play. But I remember, and once I found that, oh my god, could not have been more popular. With the with the guys in my dorm, once I found that one, not really the group you want to be popular with in college, but that went. Oh man, He's like, hey guys, check out this Vince Carter highlight as we get drunk. Oh, what a time! By the way, failed out. <laughs> so speaking of porn, uh, Clay Thompson last night, no? Oh my goodness, what a great transition, Tom! Mm-hmm. What a great transition. Uh, welcome to the Basket Buds. I'm Zach Harper. We have Tom Haberstroh. We have Big Waz. We have Anthony Mays. Jade Hoy. Might have Ryan Rosillo soon. Uh, or if we don't, Jade, edit that out. What's that? What's deep. the update, Waz? Still running back? Oh, I see. Waz is muzzling Theodore. That's what it is. Clay <laughs> uh, Thompson. <laughs> Not from the field. From three-point range. 10 of 20 on uncontested shots. Drops 52 points in 26 minutes. NBA record 14 made three-pointers. This is how you know the Warriors are a good team. Steph Curry dying to get him that 14 three-pointer. Just dying to get him to break his to break Steph's record. Tom, uh, run the analytics for me. I know you're an analytics guy. I know this is how you've kind of made your bones in this industry. Uh, 14 three-pointers. Good? Uh, yes, it's solid. Um, it's it's kind of good. Uh, apparently... Some teams in the 1980s did not make 14 three-pointers during the entire season, um, and therefore he is better than the 83 Lakers. That is officially analytics analysis for you. Pat Riley's 83 Lakers that went to the finals made 10 three-pointers the entire damn season, and both Steph Curry and Klay Thompson have each outdone that total in one single game in the past, what, 10 days? Week? So they're kind of good. I guess. Yeah. They, I mean, they really do seem like, remember like last season, they, they kind of slept, walked through so much of it. And we were just like, Oh, they don't care anymore. Does it, it seems like they care. Well, you know, I think what it takes is like one guy to be like super good. Yes. And then they get their con- competitive I like, juices I actually, going. I thought about this on the way in today. I think they need to just strive for these individual achievements for each and every player. Yeah. Like let's try to get Draymond a 30 rebound game. 
You know what I mean? And, and they all oh, start playing. Yeah. You know you, what I mean? You get Draymond like a 30-30 game. Yeah. <laughs> like this is how you uh, get these guys motivated. I actually like it a lot. Like or, I didn't, or I, a 200-point game. That would be sick. I mean, we're going to hold on. We got to calm down. We got to calm down. I mean, 200 points. Ah. It's just not going to happen, guys. Oh, oh, you say that. but Although Some, somebody would actually have like wait the other Boogie. team would actually have to score. Wait the other Boogie team would actually have here. to score like 150, 160 for that to happen. And that's not going to happen. I'm not sure Boogie's going to help because he's going to slow them down, I hey, think. And you hey, need to hey. get to 200. Steph might what? hit 500 threes this year. Was that like 10 years ago? Did they say that was possible? Two years ago, we didn't say those. Pop five hundred is an insane number. He set the record with he he had what was his record? His record was like two seventy six or something like that. Yeah, and then, then he, he went broke to 400. it four oh two, and then he slowed down the next year with three hundred and twenty four makes from three. That was him <laughs> slowing down. Like this is stupid. This is this is stupid. What he's doing is so dumb, and and he's gonna. I, I had the stat the other day. If he misses 10 games this year and keeps this pace up, he's going to break his record by 70. <laughs> that's a good one. 70. That's good. And that, and that's the guy who, uh, that's, that's the guy who was passing to clay Thompson last night. Right. right. I saw the stat that clay Thompson <laughs> had agrees. five dribbles the entire Whoa. on the 14, three pointers. He had five dribbles, which begs the question. How do you leave that guy open? So open. Chicago? You got to think at one point, you, you maybe throw a second defender his way. Just shade him. Just shade him. Just, just, you know, just a minor stalking but it's of just, a second I mean, defender. Isn't it? I mean, with my elementary knowledge of basketball, there's just so many points of attack on the team. You know, yeah, but the, the, that's why it's, that's it's, why it's, that's why I'm not impressed by Steph Curry this season because he hasn't done it without Durant. Uh, <laughs> oh, hold this, hold it. Was, do, was. <laughs> do it in the playoffs. Bum. Uh, do it without Durant. By the way, <laughs> anyway, can I just do a side? I caught something on, on one of the shows that was hilarious to me. Was saying. I think Jason Tatum had reached his ceiling. Was that correct, Was? I didn't say he reached And you were like he was like this. You go, Yeah, yeah, he did it. He did it in the playoffs. He was great last year. And I'm like, wait a minute. This is the guy that says you have to perform in the playoffs. No, no, no. That's not that's not what I was saying, man. I was saying he's not I didn't say he's reached his ceiling, meaning he's not gonna make any improvements to his game. I just yeah. don't I think uh-huh. people think Again, that you make these leaps, you and you do Hypocrite. from your first year to your second year to your third year. I think his his you know uh, improved the increments that he's going to make improvements on is just like okay, it's not going to be as pronounced as people think it's going to be. That's all I'm saying. So you're saying he's reached the ceiling? <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much it. Sure, ceiling is the roof. Oh, guys, we have breaking news. Hit me. Breaking, breaking news, courtesy of Shams from, from The Athletic. What do you got? The San Antonio Spurs will retire Manny Ginobili's number 20 jersey in the Raptors on March 28th. Oh. Should we do a live show from San Antonio? <laughs> With Manu. With Manu. 
Um, so Clay Thompson raised his three point percentage to 31% last night. Clay hadn't hit more than one three in a game, and then he he goes from one to fourteen. That's small small step. And uh, Tom, you said five dribbles. I think three or four of them are on one play where he just dribbled up the court and pulled up. <laughs> so the other thirteen are down to one or two dribbles. Oh, and one dribble was a he pump faked dribble to the side and put it up. So that's basically only dribbling on two of the shots. So no player in the NBA has ever gotten more than 300 threes in a season except for Steph Curry. He's currently on pace for 492. 492. That's if he plays all, all, every 92. Game. If he plays every game and he hits Jesus. six threes a game, like he is he's currently making six three-pointers a game. 18 points per game just on threes. He's on currently on pace for 492 threes. Do you guys Clay Thompson any- is the only guy with more than 275. He went for he went he went two of four last night and uh, and lowered his three point percentage on the season by shooting fifty percent. <laughs> the game guys, before he went seven of fifteen, lowered his three point percentage. Do you guys think any of this has to do with uh, like changing the roster up and bringing in Boogie? Just having having somebody else, even though he hasn't played yet, having somebody else who you know wants to win a championship really bad, con- considering yeah. that last year it was just like rolling over the same team. Here's what I think happened. I think Steph was like, you guys have, you guys are ignoring me. Right. I think he, like he did get, ign- I mean, he missed like what 30 games last year, but I think a lot of it was, uh, you guys are ignoring me. You're not talking about, like, I think he just wanted to remind everybody cause he's arrogant. Like he is an, like Steph's an arrogant player. It's true. Yeah. And in the like, nicest my, way. Yeah. My, yeah. Oh, he's, he's, uh, you know, psychotically arrogant in just this devilish way. But I think like my favorite quote, about him was from Clay Thompson's with years ago where he said that man's not humble. Look at the shots he takes. Like you right. don't take those shots and, and yeah. be humble. And I think that's been the the trick of Steph this whole time is this, it's like this Kaiser Soze thing of, of humility where he's not at all. And I think he decided like, I'm going to remind everybody how good I am. And I think that's, what's fueling everything. Cause once, cause when, as we know, when he's going, that's when the warriors are at their most dangerous, whether Waz believes that or not. Yeah, he's a system player, right? So he just got to get the system rolling. Well, <laughs> well, he's allowed to get rolling in ways that he otherwise wouldn't if he didn't have KD. Oh, my God. <laughs> was. Last year, he averaged like 45 points every 36 minutes without KD on the floor. It was absurd. Didn't he? Yeah, didn't he like? He, see, like, he missed oh, missed games. What, what? Hold on, no, 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 no. This hold is on, this is on. what I'm talking about. This is what was, I'm talking was, about. Was. Give me just a second. Uh, Brian, are you there? Yeah, I am. Can you guys not see me? We we don't need to see you. We just need to hear you. Oh, okay, no problem. What's up, buddy? Nothing. How are you guys? Welcome to the show, Ryan Rosilla. You've known him from everything, and uh, and and you've probably seen him in a gym somewhere pushing some weight. Uh, Ryan, we're talking about Clay Thompson and and how good he was last night and. Big Waz believes that Steph Curry is a system player that is only good because of the people no, I, Oh, my yep, God. Yep. Quoting, okay. <laughs> quoting Waz, system player and KD's better. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I just go. You guys want me to jump in off of that? I am, I am known as, um, as a big-time Steph Curry apologist. I think uh, Curry and Golden State, for me, were kind of like you being the first guy in your – you're a group of friends that liked a band um, because when I picked him against the Nuggets, remember the Nuggets were like yeah. the, the analytic darlings and then ESPN, the magazine put him on the cover. And I remember we had Chad Millman in with Van Pelt and I, 
And I was like, if you think they're so good, then pick them to win the whole thing. And he like Milman, I like bullied him into picking them to win the West. <laughs> so, you know, I think Clay's really phenomenal that I think it's rare for stars to develop the way he did. Usually these guys are stars. We can kind of tell pretty quickly. And I used to think, you know, even back with those Kevin Love trade rumors when Golden State was like, look, we're not doing it. I'm like, okay, I get it. Like he couldn't, I always felt like he was a dependent offensive player, right? You know, it didn't look like he could really dribble into his own shot. And now he's developed into somebody who doesn't need to dribble, which is insane. Um, so, I mean, look, I, I, I don't like having a pick cause I just think it's the greatest uh, assembling of, of talent I've ever seen on a team, at least for me watching basketball. But I still think Curry and his consistent range and ball handling and passing is the thing that makes them go, even though I think everybody loves hating on them. So there you go. I don't disagree with anything Ryan said. I do think the Warriors, when they're at their most dangerous, is when Steph is, you know, yeah, when Steph is getting going. I'm just saying on a night-to-night basis, if he was actually counted upon to do this shit, it'd, be, it'd look a lot differently. That's what, what I'm What does that even about. mean? Look a lot differently. What? You mean Clay? if he was counted on this? Yeah, like— No, no, not Clay. I'm talking about Steph. I'm talking about stuff. I'm talking about in the playoffs when people are pushing you around and making you do shit every single possession and actually executing every single assignment, every single possession. It's a lot harder without. But KD. hold on. But hold on. They, wait, 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 got it. Wait a goddamn minute. So wait, got they 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 blitz, they blitz a broken. No, you don't remember that. We spent so much energy. Concentrate on Steph that they let Clay go off in game six. Again, and when people were like, yo, the reason why Steph isn't um no, wait, watch, watch, wait, 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 wait a second, wait. Curry was so good, they were like, Oh, well, let's let's put Robertson on because we gotta we gotta we gotta put our best defender on him. But you know what? We'll put Russ on Clay. That'll be fine. We'll 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 close the series out that way. And then Russ gets lit up because Russ doesn't play any defense or doesn't play consistent defense. Clay goes off and all of a sudden they're broken. Like that because you have to pay so much attention to Curry. That's uh, why he's great. I, I, I didn't. I didn't say Steph Curry's not great. <laughs> you said you said you'd take Ishmith over him. Yeah, no, that's true. That never happened. And again, <laughs> and, I said, and I've said this a trillion times. Let's just say Steph Curry's power forward was not Draymond Green. Let's say it was a guy like, say, I don't know, Tristan Thompson, who when he catches the ball at the three-point line, can do dick with it. And so teams are like, okay, cool, do that all the time. When is Draymond Green one of the best ball handlers at his position? Wait, one of the I'm best confused. passers? You I'm confused. Like, Wait, is Steph the system player was or is Draymond the system player? Because it can't be all, both. They're all system players. What, <laughs> I'm every saying single is one. Like, what I'm saying is that, look, to act like having KD doesn't make defenses job harder in guarding Steph Curry is crazy to me. Like, it's just an insane thing to say. Like, like I don't. Of course, of, it's, of course, course it is. But such Steph, a strong Steph man. Is, Steph that's is impossible to guard man. if KD doesn't exist. I disagree with that. We I talked about it on I, the ding last night. There's I, no defense for pulling up from 35 feet. Again, again, if you guys think in say I don't know an NBA Finals game where like actually missing that shot matters, right? And like 
or whatever, a playoff game in a tight series, like we're actually missing that shot matters. Um, that Steph is gonna be like, yeah, let's just do 40 footers and everybody's gonna be cool with that. Like, no. Again, part of why he's cool with doing this, because none of this shit matters. My team is unstoppable. Like he was do- wait, he was doing this before KD was there, though. It's not that he wasn't doing it to um to uh Zach, but was he doing it in important moments? No. No, because they threw three it's- defenders at him. Say that's not an actual strategy when when the games count and you think you and you think you have a chance what about to the lose. OKC if game winner. Think, like if you guys actually think Steph would be taking forty footers in tight games against a team that he actually thought was just as good as his. I, what I, about I was, the OKC was, game winner? Was, was hold on, was he threw a behind the back pass out of bounds in like game seven of the finals? <laughs> like he will do and this what stuff. And what happened? That's but like. <laughs> Though. But this is but this is my point. Like, yes, he threw one behind the back. Like, that's not what he was doing all game. Like, to act like to act like a lot of this stuff doesn't have to do with the like that. There's there's no um benefit of knowing none of this shit matters. That's why when people talk about not to, and again, I'm not saying Steph's a role player. I'm saying he would he would pare down a lot of this stuff, and I'm. And whatever, this is fun. It's regular season. It's all of that. Like a lot of this stuff gets pared down when you really think every single shot, every single possession matters. That's all I'm saying. And the reason that they don't is because they have KD. That's all I'm saying. Jade, please please edit that to where it's just was saying Steph as a role player. (laughs) Okay. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying Steph. Um, amazing or stuff like what he does for people like um, Draymond Green, for people like Clay Thompson. Like, yeah, of course, of course, he he's one of the few people who actually makes all of the people around him better. But he happens to have some of the most amazing people around him. Yeah, they're all, and they're all great people. Like, I don't I don't know why this is hard to understand. Like, the team is unstoppable. It matters that that's the fact. You somehow make sound being unstoppable sound bad though. No, 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 no. I made a KD joke and everybody who loves Steph because he's the <laughs> oh, this is what it is. Boy. This is a tw- this is a Twitter reaction. <laughs> this is what it is. That's, I made a KD joke okay, and people think that I actually think Steph Curry's not good. I'm just saying, like, yo, like I can I can make an observation about like what KD, like the level that KD takes this team to. All right, like let's let's, just, go, let's go to a theoretical place. Uh, Ryan, yeah, K, let's say KD goes to the Lakers or the Knicks or something. KD leaves this summer, okay? Let's say that, and we'll say they retain Demarcus Cousins. Like he gets to stick around. Uh, what do you think Steph looks like in the next couple of years? Well, you know, I still think that he's he's you know bordering on the top five player for the next couple of years. I just. Look, he did this before KD got there. I mean, they won 73 games before KD showed up. If Festus Azili makes a layup, if Iguodala <laughs> pitches, you know what I mean? We're talking about four straight championships. And you had to have Superman-type games offensively at a Kyrie and LeBron for that shit to even happen. So, you know, I don't I don't get the Steph stuff at all. I, I, I don't – I mean, it doesn't sound like you're killing him. But, you know, from, from my vantage point in, in hosting the show for 10 years – and doing all the stuff and seeing it, like Steph is the most disrespected superstar of any of any yes. agreed member. Yes. Because and people like Waz. Is that oh, what you were gonna say? Right. Say it, say it right. <laughs> it's like some weird stuff that goes on in the conversations about Steph. Like it sucks that Steph had an awesome 
dad who was a famous NBA player. I mean, he wasn't even really good. I mean, he was a role guy. So it's like, oh, he didn't have to work as hard. Yeah, Nobody, yeah, that's, that's dumb. That's cool. I was at Davidson, but I think that stuff is real. So it's almost like, you know, he's not this, he's not that. I, Man, that first, that first series against Cleveland when they won, and granted, all those dudes for Cleveland were hurt, but Cleveland absolutely sold out to stop Steph. And they doubled him as soon as he crossed half court. And then as soon as Steph figured out the trapping, he was like, okay. So like it was one of those impactful non-statistical things that he changed the way they had to defend them. And granted, Cleveland was going to be able to keep up with one dude in LeBron the whole time. But, um, I, you know, I, look, Durant's, Durant's seven feet and, and can shoot it almost as well and can handle. And, and I know everybody would want Durant over him. And I'm not even arguing that. But I think there's this weird thing with Steph where – you know, we really, really liked him. And then the public can turn on dudes quick. And it happened with him. And I think his peers feel that feel that way. Like, I feel like he's kind of dissed a little bit by his own guys. Is this but, a small guy thing? Because he's small. Yeah, I, think I think a little bit of it is. Yeah. I think I mean, it's the fact that. It, I don't know. Let though. me ask. Hold on. I have a question. I have a question. Did Steph get batteries thrown at his head in Cleveland? Oh, my God. Is what, is, what is this disrespect to superstar ever? That's disrespect. <laughs> Where I'm from, Zach, that's disrespect, man. Well, oh, hold on. Hold on, Waz. I'm pretty sure where everyone's from, the getting batteries thrown at. This isn't a this isn't a Queens thing, all right? This isn't New York. Like, this isn't, I don't know if it's a size thing because – do you guys remember when Kawhi was like first starting to break through as like, wait a minute, you know, how, how good is this guy? You know, those are the heat finals. Right. And LeBron and Durant had been asked about Kawhi as kind of like living in their neighborhood as superstars. And both of those dudes were like, I roll dismissive going like, huh, you guys think like Kawhi's at our level. And I do think guys like LeBron or Durant that are both physical and from day one, were you, we knew we we're going to be the next great players in the league. I, I don't know if it's protective. I don't know if it's pettiness, but I think there's certain guys in the league that go, okay, th this is the tier one group and we don't want to hear about other dudes being in it. And I think Steph had a breakthrough into that. And sometimes that leads to it. I don't know. It's weird, man. Like being at ESPN all those years, I'd be in the green room. I'd be there with NBA players, NFL players, all sorts of dudes that were ex pro athletes or current guys rolling through. And I was always amazed at the dismissiveness of, of any time we talked about Steph being yeah. in that group of those top guys. It happened. Yeah. Uh, just a programming note, I never said Steph wasn't in that group. <laughs> in, oh, fact, in fact, in fact, like, of course. Is there a light skin theory here, Was though? No, it's no? not. It's, I thought I heard you say it's that. It's not that. It's like, dude, I watched <laughs> yeah. this team play. Like, I watched it in the finals where you literally can't send two at anybody. And now you're talking about. Wait, was, they, was they, they had two guys on him at all times. No, I'm. I'm, I'm I'm talking about against Cleveland the last two years. You that doesn't like, count. That Cleveland team sucked. Okay, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> you literally can't do anything. Also, wait, that's when not true. They, they, like, they, they ran they ran two guys at Steph when he didn't have the ball on a fast break, and Kevin Durant just crawled to a dunk. Like they were doing, they were still worried about him over everyone else. I, KD has the ball coming down the middle of the floor, and they're running to Steph on a fast break. Zach, I I didn't say they weren't worried about him. I'm just saying, like, you can't guard the team, and everybody knows it. That's like that's that's all I'm saying. Like, I feel literally, like we're having two different conversations here. Yeah, I know. <laughs> literally, because you guys think I'm saying Steph sucks, and I'm not. <laughs> that's what? what I'm trying to tell James, you. Like, please, please edit that to where it's just him saying Steph sucks. Done. It, it, literally, you're you're watching. Like, what am I gonna do? 
I send people at K. I'm going to send people at KD who can swing the ball to amazing passers and like the team is unstoppable. Like and I'm and obviously Steph is a big part of that. And but KD's not according to you guys. Like this is ridiculous. Like what are we even talking about? Like th- like really KD makes no difference on this team. That's well, that's what you guys are trying to tell me. You know, when everybody got upset about Cousins being out unfair that there's been there hasn't been enough talk Cousins about Alfonso McKinney making it unfair. It's, I mean, it, it, they're always unfair. I was kidding. Uh, like Alfonso, Alfonso McKinney is Alfonso McKinney is unfair right now, right? Like he's the new Patrick McCall, only he's better. Like, like I don't, I don't think people value like w- we talk around it about the whole putting two guys on on Steph. Um, we don't talk about how Steph makes everyone around him better in ways that I don't think KD does the same thing. Where Steph routinely every single year, whenever he steps off the floor. Everyone's field goal percentage drops every way year. More. Way Same more. Powder. Way but more. Wasn't wasn't Steph fifth in just like it, granted the stat is whatever, but he was fifth in plus minus last year and he missed 30 games. So yeah, what like, you guys are saying is that we should really change the convo from LeBron MJ to Steph MJ. Yes. No, it should be Steph, <laughs> it should be Steph and then LeBron MJ. Steph's the greatest player of all time, was. <laughs> That's what we're saying. That's the goal. Hey, speaking of people who can't beat Steph, uh, LeBron is upset right now uh, because he's starting to run out of patience with this young Lakers roster, this misfit Lakers roster. Uh, they lose to the Timberwolves last night in Minnesota, 124 to 120. And uh, LeBron, LeBron, the interesting thing about this is LeBron's been kind of shaky down the stretch of these games. I hope, oh, I'm sorry, was earmuffs. LeBron's been been coming up, uh, you know, kind of a choker in these games. And uh, and so that's part of the reason that they're not pulling, pulling out a couple more victories than they should have. But the... Uh, the LeBron Lakers thing, I don't think it's like falling apart to the point where, oh, no, everyone's going to get traded. But it does feel a little bit like that first Cleveland, you know, remix year where a, a move is is going to happen, Tom. Deion Waiters. The shine is finally wearing off, guys. I was wondering the whole L.A. Lakers, LeBron is in Hollywood. When that shine was going to wear off, what people would say. Starting schools. No, that's cool. Start. That's still cool. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. I just wanted to know where that line was, Tom. Make sure everyone knows we are not an anti-education <laughs> podcast. Didn't, I mean, didn't every, little, literally everybody see this coming? Everybody yeah. say, yeah. like, this team is extremely young. <clears throat> Dad LeBron is going to come out really, really soon. No, like, I, actually, I, I love the way they play. It's fun. I felt like when we were heading into the season, this was a 50-win team borderline, wasn't it? No, Brandon Ingram was going to be the next big star. They can still still win fifty games. I don't think they're incapable of that. But like, yo, like this is this is what it is, man. This is what it is. All of these guys are are young guys. They've never played in they've never played in games that mattered, and this is their first time. And now, people at like, of course, LA is probably the most popular popular team in the league uh but when your team sucks like the scrutiny is just not there right and so now you have lebron and people actually care man like so you know 
I think they'll be fine though in the long run. But yo, yeah, it's kids. <laughs> LeBron, LeBron's not think, used to this. Do you think they'll make the playoffs, Was? Of course, of course. Because I think I think we're about two losses away from LeBron James saying that DMP rest month is now going to be six weeks, guys. <laughs> I think as long as long as they you know they stay quote unquote in the hunt, like. I can see LeBron like playing really, 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 really hard to end the season. Like, you know, do a die type of shit and get them in the playoffs. Um, you know, the West is is so I feel like, you know, year after year we're like the West, the West, the West, the West is so good. I think the West is harder now, at least the way it feels on paper, because of how many nights you don't really get to just beat up. Usually there's always three or four teams that suck enough. And that's not really happening. And the LeBron story for me, the win total was, what, 48 from Vegas at the beginning of the year, which I thought was a pretty good number. But I, I really didn't know if they were any more than a first-round win team. Um, but I don't I, – I think everybody kind of had this this thing where, like, oh, you know, LeBron was always coming here. You know, now that I live out in Los Angeles, I've run into so many people, and it's just like a, a movie person or a, a trainer somewhere or some real estate guy. And they'll go, oh, you know, this was always in the works. This was always in the works. But there is no one, and I have a little bit of info on this, there's no one that can convince me that this was always the plan, that LeBron right. thought he was going to end up there by himself with all these young guys. And the Paul George thing was a huge shock, not just to the league, but I think to LeBron and his camp. And so then when it becomes, well, no one was going to come to Cleveland, and, you know, people are convinced that he was always going to L.A. He was going a year ago. I'm not going to argue with those people. But I don't think he thought starting the season, you know, this year, he'd be like, wait a minute, this is the team. And then you add in a bunch of guys that all are either young, thinking about their next contract or in that middle age NBA life where they're worrying about how many years they have left. And then, you know, when I watch him play defense, I thought Walton, one of the great things and unheralded things about them is that they, like some other young teams, you know, Philly played great defensively last year, which surprised me as a young team traditionally just doesn't happen. Uh, they were 12th in defensive efficiency last year with a young team, and that's really impressive. And now this year, I imagine I was looking at the number a couple days ago, so I don't know if Tom has it, but I can pull it up here. I think they're I think they're 23rd. I think yeah, that's what I saw. Like, yeah, they were in the 20s. So if I if I pull, he was up, asking me, Zach. <laughs> I figured you were too busy doing a TV hit for NBC. Yeah, <laughs> today. So I, I think I think they suck defensively, and the problem is 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 you know, great as LeBron is. And for all the leaders, I started getting a ton of pushback last year when I was pointing out, like, do you guys realize how bad he is as an individual, as an individual defender? So everybody would talk about, Oh, look at these offensive numbers. And how do you have this efficiency, this many seasons in the league? And all those things are true. It was incredible. But part of the formula was that I'm just taking off the year defensively. I'm never going to play the tough guy. I'm, I'm going to kind of just wander and he's already doing it at the beginning of the season. And I think for a young team that actually was better defensively last year than you would have expected, it's not exactly a great tone setting to like the mic'd up stuff. I'm going to pick you up. That's great. You know what I mean? Hitting shots. <laughs> this town. I'm going to, I'm going to pick you up and then I'm going to go comfort my friend during a fight. That's right. what we're going to do. All that yeah. stuff. How about Marbury killing him for that? Saying the only oh, I love that. Was Mike. Did he? What do you say? What do you say? Steph hates LeBron. Like he hates him. Yeah, go ahead. I mean, you you would know better than I would, but I I just think all of those things are things worth paying attention to. I didn't think he would think this was the team, and I don't think he's going to play a ton of defense this year, which is fine because he did it last year and everybody loved him. 
And I'm like, look, for me, the LeBron stuff is always very simple. For for the 5% that I may be concerned about, I try not to let it get away the 95% that I love about the guy. But they're not as good, and I don't think they're going to be as good as maybe that 48 win total. Yeah, I'm taking yeah. the under on that. Even the last couple of years of those Miami teams in the regular season, they stopped. One is that they became, you know, one of the two, three best offenses in the league. So they stopped doing the, like, we're going to make defense our staple. So, like, the last Miami team, all of those teams in Cleveland, now the Lakers, like, it's it says it's something to say that LeBron's teams have been just horrible on defense in the regular season. Horrible, I think, horrible, horrible. I think, yeah, I think Ryan brought up a good point about the whole, like, no, like, LeBron didn't expect to come here with this, right? Like, he expected Paul George or someone. And so, Wait, what a cool, go ahead. Sorry. Thank you. Yeah. And I'm surprised me. I'm going to be like, yeah, this works. This is the plan. I'm right. like, are you guys serious? And look, I have a little intel on that to know that this is not, this was a surprise. Right. Right. That's the thing. And so like now we get to, let's just fast forward to next summer. Let's say, all right, let's say they win 48 games in first round playoff loss, all this shit. So we fast forward and then Katie either stays in golden state or he goes to New York. doesn't come to LA. Kawhi goes to the Clippers. Uh, Clay Thompson remains with the, you know, with the Warriors, let's say like Jimmy Butler decides, oh, I will play with LeBron and he's the one that they go and get. Is that really what LeBron wanted? Like, nope. is that going to be good enough for Le- for LeBron to be like, all right, we figured it out. Or is this a whole thing of shit? I got to wait till 2021 to get Anthony Davis here. Like at that, Not, like at what, yeah. at what point, at what point is this, uh, <clears throat> is this where LeBron's like, and maybe they make moves before that. Maybe they, they trade some of these young guys and bring in a veteran, whatever. Like, but there's got to be a certain point where LeBron's just looking around like like Will Smith at the end of that episode, uh, <laughs> at the end of the series in Fresh Prince. Like, where the hell is all the help? <laughs> Yo, if, if this summer to me is Kawhi a bust, if they don't get Kawhi, then this this I team is – I don't think Kawhi is coming to this team. I don't think this, Kawhi cares about the Lakers. Well, there you go. So then this this is just what it's going this is just what it's gonna be. Like J- getting Jimmy Butler is just that's such a huge letdown. Unless, unless KD um really breaks up the Warriors. Like if that really happens, then all of this stuff becomes kind of interesting. Cause sure. e- even this summer, uh with the Kawhi stuff, it's like, okay, LeBron and Kawhi, that makes it interesting. Against KD, Steph, Clay, Boogie, fucking Draymond Green. Cool. Um, <laughs> if they don't get Kawhi, <laughs> they're just, you know, they're basically the the Portland Trailblazers at this point. Like, honestly. I, I think the big thing is Davis, and it's and it's easy to connect the dots on sure. him signing with Clutch, but I think it's going to be kind of like an arms race between the Lakers and the Celtics. I really do. And if Davis, who's been the model citizen to this point, decides, and I think he he may after this year go, okay, I know I still have another year on the deal, but this is how it works and I want out and I'm not going to resign or whatever. And then the Pelicans say, okay, well, what's the better package? Boston can trump any package. They can trump mm-hmm. anybody's package. Mm-hmm. So. Well, but how far, how high do you think they go, Ryan, in terms of what they're willing to give up? Because they've obviously been pretty conservative with this stuff in the past. And there's the whole like, oh, Terry Rozier's untouchable joke and all that shit. But yeah. like, how high do you think they're willing to go for Anthony Davis? Well, I was wondering if they would trade Marcus Smart because I'd love somebody to say, hey, Marcus, you got your contract. You stop shooting now. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think with the pieces that they have with Kyrie, you know, and that would be Kyrie staying there. Um, 
I think Anthony, look, if it were me, Anthony Davis is the guy you go, what do I need to do to get this done? Okay. Yeah. That's it. Right. Now I don't know if Davis goes, Oh, well, you know, cause I'm aligned with clutch. I'll only sign the extension with the Lakers. You know, you start doing that kind of stuff. That's why the Kawhi thing was always so weird to me. It was like for a guy that's trying to dictate the next move, you're doing a horrible job of defining the market and making it difficult to send you where you want to go. And, um, so I, I think the Davis thing is more likely than Durant. I would put the Lakers behind the Knicks and Golden State as far as I don't think Durant's going to go to L.A. to help LeBron. And I don't think it's personal or anything like that. I just think that's kind of like basketball hierarchy stuff. And this is this is today in October. So who knows how the information changes? Um, I don't think Butler and I don't think team LeBron is is like a super Jimmy Butler fan. Oh. It's pretty clear he didn't even you know really mention them. I mean, he mentioned the Knicks. I don't even think the Knicks were interested in Butler because they want to keep all their space clear for next year with Durant. But the one I would keep an eye on is Lillard. I think there's a real love affair between those two guys. Yeah. And Lillard. And I don't think that would be a Portland thing. Like whenever I talk to league sources and stuff, you know, Portland knows, oh, okay, every time we lose, we're supposed to just break up this awesome backcourt. Like that's stupid. We're supposed to trade one of these guys. But if one of those guys, specifically Lillard decides, as we know, all right, it's time to go nuclear pissed off NBA star, then you know, that might be the one that might be the pairing down there that fits. Cause I don't know if it's going to be Kawhi. I don't, you know, Kawhi's different. I don't know if Kawhi wants to go there with LA. And the other thing that I talked about with Simmons on his podcast that, you know, it's just sort of a working theory around the league. And I don't know how you guys feel about this is that there is a, a group of, of a different generation of stars that look at LeBron differently than say, you know, eight years ago or four years ago. And it doesn't mean no one's going to go play with them but I don't think it's the same as it was the last time LeBron was able to put together these teams. And it's, and again, I don't even really mean this as a knock on him. I just think younger dudes are venturing and trying to find their own path. And I think it's kind of the way the star is today, which is a, is a new thing. And it's not that they don't have, you know, look, we, we realize these guys all have to team up and do that to get any of this shit done. But for the most part, I don't think there's this, this, this strong, like I have to go play with LeBron feeling of this next generation of NBA players. But it doesn't mean no one's going to play with him either. If that doesn't totally contradict. I mean, I mean, if we're being if we're actually like thinking about this, about how it happened, like going to the heat with D with like that was actually his friend. They right. actually had a relationship. Uh, Cleveland, he just forced his way back. And then they they convinced Kev Love to come. Right. Like, and no disrespect to Kev Love, like, but he he's Kev Love. Right. So like, LeBron hasn't really gotten like it's not like he's just been getting a bunch of people to want to play with him all the time. Like he went to Miami with uh, with D Wade and Chris Bosch was like, oh, OK, this is a this is a pretty dope idea. And again, this is LeBron at peak LeBron, of course. Um, that's a good idea to do. And, and Chris Bosh is one of his peers. But in Cleveland, like, they, they drafted Kyrie. They convinced Kev Love, like, yo, we're going to trade for you. Don't do nothing crazy uh, next summer. You better come back. And he agreed. And that was it. <laughs> and now he's in L.A. But he doesn't have a relationship with Kawhi Leonard. It doesn't seem that anybody does. Uh, so, yeah, this. <laughs> but he did get Maybe Lance and Rondo. So. <laughs> Hey yeah. man, Lance been dancing all over the place. Got that air guitar going. He's 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 good. Yeah, maybe maybe it will be just a, a Dame Lillard trade, which will be nice. But no more championships for you, LeBron. <laughs> hey, Ryan, you know, are you worried about Kyrie and the start he's had this season? 
I, I worry about them from like seeing it firsthand, but not worried. And I'll explain what they did. I went to the Magic game uh, last week because I was lucky enough to be in Boston for the World Series. And I I went and I just went by myself and I, and I sat there and, you know, Hayward, Kyrie, Jalen, Tatum and Horford come out to, to the center. And I'm like, this team is freaking awesome. Like I just had this moment before they tipped it where I'm looking at them going, oh, God, is this team good? And then you look at the bench and then they sucked for the entire game. <laughs> and they were so bad. And, uh, you know, I think at times Hayward's finding himself. I think there might be a little concern where, where Jalen's like, so wait a minute, like Tatum's already better than me. And Jalen Brown ended up being 10 times better than I thought he would be from the guy that I watched at Cal. So Ainge and those dudes deserve a ton of credit, man, because he's, he's been incredible. Um, I, I, I don't know. I'm not, the only thing that would worry me is, is Kyrie and the super max number that he's at. So, uh, he seems to be pretty confident that it's all going to work out. And I don't know if he was just saying that because he's smart enough to I just tell everybody I'm staying that everybody will leave me alone. But I, I think everybody just kind of feels confident about it, that the Kyrie thing's going to work. And I never want to be the guy that's like, oh, there's not enough basketballs, especially now, especially when you look at the playoffs and you think, hey, just put as many scores as you can out there. Like every position kind of needs to be a scoring position. But it's pretty clear that it's just off. It's just off. Like even Detroit, like eventually somebody was going to, you know, Detroit's had a nice little start here, but I don't think they're like this really scary team in the East. Um, I know some of the guys are saying against Oklahoma City, oh, they found themselves. I watched that game. I still I still think they're clunky and choppy a little bit on offense. And in, I think at times I'd almost rather see a guy just get his, like a Kyrie or a Tatum, and then have everybody else play off of him. But that's hard. Yeah, how is it possible this is the fourth worst offense in the league? I know it's six games, small sample size, whatever, but no one's playing well. Guys, we got to start Brad holding. Stevens we got to hold. We got to hold Brad Stevens accountable. <laughs> no, Let's get the pitchforks. Yeah, Zach. I mean, Brad Stevens is a is a mid major coach. You know, he's not like a he blue blood the coach, so he doesn't know how to manage this much exactly. talent on the court at the same time. He needs to. <laughs> he needs Matt up. Howard out there. It was Matt oh, Howard, are, right? Are we sure Kyrie's going to get offered five years, two hundred million from from this team? Why? Why is that like a? Definitely, that that we know is going to happen. Yeah, that, that does seem like a like a shrewd Ainge negotiation thing, where all of a sudden he's like, "All right, man, four four one twenty. That's it. That's all we got. Yeah, that's all we got for you. But hey, come on back to the come on back and uh, get Gordon here with the ball a little bit more, please. Kyrie cut his hair though, so we'll see if that changes anything. He got rid of the the mini fro. If they had a terrible coach, then I then I might go. All right, is this going to get weird here? Like, is yeah. this be a problem and you know i don't look we know he's a great coach we know he's great at figuring this stuff out um and you know gordon wasn't very good to start the year and he's had a couple couple moments where it looked better but it was it was weird to watch them play you know for 48 minutes i'm watching them play the magic going okay well this enough of this like turn it on and it never happened like it never happened it was start to finish uh, just a a weird team and they've even i think had some frustrations and this was happening at the beginning of the year where they were they were upset with like Jalen and Tatum defensively on some of the stuff they were doing. And you would see Stevens actually take him out of the game late, which is like, wow, we're still doing kind of these teaching moment things here. So uh, yeah, I, and I, contrasting it to how well he played out of the gate last year, you can't even pull like the, hey, there's new people. This is this is just the growing pains of all the young guys on the team. Like 
he was unbelievable to start the year last year and he hasn't been good. And the rest of and Jalen Brown hasn't been good either. So maybe this is just Brad Stevens is trying to navigate all this new talent and Gordon Hayward missed last year. Um, but I, I just, I think people overrate the Celtics potential this season because I know the NBA and egos and the mentality of uh, young stars having to play back up to a guy who was injured last year. Like this is going to get a little awkward and it's definitely been awkward. This, this beginning stage of the season. Well, I, I guess my, my question is like, at what point do we worry about their ability to score as a team? Like, is it January? Is it March? Is it round two of the playoffs? Like, is there actually no, a point because Zach, they're so good defensively that we Zach, have to worry about Zach, them? Zach, it's, oh, it's the go. first. It's <laughs> That first that first game of the series against the Raptors, that's when you start worrying, boy. That 1-8 matchup? <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, I thought the Raptors thing was actually, you know, when you when you think about their transition, it's actually much easier than, than most teams. And, yep. you know, you took out a really good player in DeRozan, who was the number one option. And you replaced him with a top five player who's your number one option. And the rest of it, for the most part, is, same, is the same. It's a newer system. It's probably a more updated system offensively. But when I was watching him play, I go, this actually is like, hey, we're just replacing DeRozan with somebody a lot better. And now you know, you're, and you're not like, we get to throw Danny Green into the mix, too. Right. Like yes. Danny Green's been amazing. And small Abaca has been better than I thought. You know, I don't know if that's going to last, but. Was he looks rejuvenated? That's <laughs> he's a young guy, you know. Every now and again, man, when you're 34 years old, you, you get a you get a day. I'm or glad two. you said it. I'm glad you said it. <laughs> Feels racist if I say. <laughs> Sixers last night and there was people there who were there was just more chatter about they were thinking they got LeBron this summer. Like the Sixers really believe that. Wait a minute, they think they this past summer? Yeah. That's so not true. It's that just LeBron, they there was there was a feeling in Philadelphia um, that this wasn't just a uh, a flirting and, and just trying to throw the, the Sixers name in there. Who's, um, like, why do they keep doing this? So this is like, remember when they did the whole thing where it was like, yeah, we were, he didn't show up. He didn't go to the meeting. Right. I, <laughs> everything I know about this, just trust me on this. He wasn't going to Philly. They got to stop doing that. Oh, I love <laughs> it. I love it, Ryan. Aggregate it. <laughs> I don't care. Make up headlines. Tag me. <laughs> yes. 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 This is this is Brian just We're doing bench pressing. Tom, who's right. doing this? Who's doing it, Tom? What do you mean? Bleacher Report already has a already has a graphic up. Are you kidding me? <laughs> the uh, Tom, well, I think expand on it. Expand it's on try, it. It's it's hard to like when you have Rich Paul as the agent for several teams or several players. Sorry, that was a mis uh, misspoke there. I think a lot of people around the league read into 
the fact that Rich Paul is at this or there or talking to this player or talking to this team and reading between the lines with LeBron is coming. And I think a lot of people talk themselves into, hey, LeBron's feeling us or or LeBron's, you know, looking at us at a real destination because Rich Paul or whoever it might be is taking our phone calls or whatever it is. And that's like people want to believe that LeBron is going to their city. And so they talk themselves into it. Um, Philly, like the weird thing about being in Philly yesterday and being around the the city and the team is they have so much like existential dread about Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid not being good enough to, to get anywhere. And I'm sitting here like we, they're so young, like Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid are super young. And they're like, well, we, we lost out on LeBron and this and that. And I'm no, like, no, no, no. Yeah, I mean, Tom, you know what that the is? Process, the process was supposed to deliver them the next Jordan. Hello. That's why. <laughs> That's why. That's what their cult leader got them, um, you know, stupidly to think. Uh, the process is going to get us the next Jordan. And they <laughs> they got what they got, which is like a dope, fun really good young team young pieces super promising but you know they don't see jordan yet that's no, why you you know what the problem is though is that it's it's all this impulsiveness right because you do you got joel Embiid, you have ben simmons and these are two phenomenal like if any franchise had one of these building blocks they would be that's what I'm you know, saying. throwing future parades and they have two of them so that's great but look at boston that team's stacked and that team demolish the Sixers in the playoffs, right? Look at Toronto. They go in and they swap out DeMar for, for Kawhi, like, and they look even better. Even, even on another, on another level, Milwaukee all of a sudden has a coach in an actual system. And now Giannis gets to play real basketball. And so now there's even that pressure. Like there's, there's all these like kind of things floating to the top of the East and the Sixers are near there, but I think they look at the landscape and like, Oh shit, these two might not be enough right now. And that, and then you look at the idea that, Fultz could be a bust, right? Like I like it's way too early for all that stuff, but it, he wasn't the player immediately that they hoped he would be. And then you start getting in your own head on that shit. And, and if you can't get, you know, LeBron or Kawhi or any of these guys to, to make their way to your team, then you start wondering, do we have the guys everyone wants to play with? Like it's essentially this, this guy has started kind of seeing, you know, a very attractive, very accomplished woman and now, and he's like, oh my God, this is going great. But what if it doesn't go great after this? What if I, wait, what if she doesn't like me? What if she doesn't like my job? What if I order the wrong food? What if I, you know, all this stuff, like they're just in their own heads on all this shit because they've become too impulsive. Oh dude, like, like Ben Simmons is 22 and they're already like projecting out like five years. He's going to leave and he's never going to be on the second contract and all this stuff. And I'm like, man, who like, leaves Paul, after really? the first contract? Like Look, Greg Monroe, that's it. <laughs> right. But like, I feel like people have like, anxiety about Rich Paul now. Just everything. I mean, everything. Uh, you know, I, I was, as, as everyone in Philly knows, comically wrong about that Sixers team last year. Um, it was a young group that had never played together. Everybody liked him because we all liked what Simmons could be and what Embiid had shown us. And they were great defensively. And like, as you said earlier in this thing, to think that the process is supposed to get you Jordan. Dude, think about like, what did the, what did tanking get so many of these other teams? You know, look at what Phoenix has tried to do. Think about right. what the magic tried to do. The magic landed on the wrong lottery pick every time. Like whatever the, like, Hey, it's a three guy draft. We have the fourth pick. It's a five guy draft. We have the sixth pick, you know, <laughs> and Philly ends up with two guys that it's not 
absurd to say could be top 10 players and bead may already be one. If he stays healthy, he is Um, like that to me is that's what you hope for. That's what you hope for when you go through this whole thing. So to that extent, it's a success, but to then immediately be like, like, Oh, we didn't get LeBron. He didn't meet with you. Okay. You've got to try to figure this out before all the extensions kick in to use that space, which is, probably something they should do and overpay for a tier two star to add to it. Cause that's just kind of the way the finances work in this league. But I don't know why they should have any angst. The Boston thing I would say was even surprising because it felt like going into that series, the Sixers had the two best yeah. players. And then after the fact it became, you know, me who stuck up for Horford almost to a point where I've been wrong to stick up for Horford. I stick up for him so much. Oh my God. I'm with you. And you know, now all of a sudden after that series, it was like, well, everybody knows how great Horford is. I'm like, are you in kit? Like, are you, <laughs> I've had to defend Horford. <laughs> and now we all just knew that Horford was better than Embiid. The like, whole time. Series, right? You know, Stevens did a great job of shutting off Simmons and they figured some stuff out with him defensively and, you know, really focusing on his limitations. But, you know, Philadelphia in a healthy year of figuring this whole thing out, like they shouldn't be scared of the other teams. But yeah, they have to like I, that. Really surprises me, man. That's really good insight. Well, to me, it shouldn't be a negative. And the whole idea, of, like Simmons, oh shoot, we're only going to have him for eight years. Yeah, but they're <laughs> yeah. only only eight. What? How are we going to possibly survive? Like that's that's ridiculous. You know Zach, what that right, Zach, reminded me of? Zach, Zach, huh. That that line of thinking is how you get batteries thrown at your head. And oh my god! Oh, here we go. <laughs> okay. Which we is only, only which is only something years. they teach you is bad in the in Queens. Which reminds me of that. <laughs> What Ryan just said reminded me of like, oh, you know, Sixers have the two best players in that series, and then the Celtics come out as a team and beat the. It reminded me a lot of like Thunder Jazz, of like, hey, Paul George, Russell Westbrook, this must be a wrap. And then the the Jazz <laughs> just knew the Jazz knew how to play basketball a lot better as a team, and that's what the Celtics did to them, right? The Celtics came out as a team, and now you add Kyrie back in the mix, Gordon back in the mix, another year of Tatum's experience, all that shit, and 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 Al Horford, Al Horford is awesome at his job like he's really really good at his job and he gets to do that now not as like a number one or number two guy but as like the fifth guy within that whole attack and and he, philly has to look at that and be like well shit what do we do like we need markel to be good we need jj to hit shots like we like why don't we have irsan Ilyasova again like the, the, these are all the things that that are going to come up because the e like the top of the east there it does feel like the celtics are the are the bouncers at the door I don't know if you guys watched the game last night, uh, the Hawks, what they did to Markel, but they did not play defense against him. No one's worried about Baysmore just camped out in the paint and just ignored him the entire game. They're the entire game. Like he was by himself on the, the entire side of the court by himself and like waving for the ball and they weren't, weren't giving it to him. And it was like, they were playing five on four. It was incredible. Um, and Markel, look, the deal with the 76ers is you can have two guys. You can have one guy who's ball dominant who can't shoot. But when you have two dudes who need the ball in their hands to succeed and they both can't shoot, that's a problem. Right. And Markel Char- and Ben Simmons Char- hasn't been great yet, and he'll be better. I mean, I, th- I feel like we kind of criminally leave him out of the conversation as part of the future because I just really like him. But the, the Markel thing is, you know, that's the funny thing is we're sitting here talking about what they've – like usually the number one pick isn't a huge disadvantage. And so, you know, had they not pulled off that trade, 
And I mean, we can play all that stuff, but like, you're, you're right to watch Fultz out there. It's bad. And I know what they're trying to do. I know what they're trying to do when they tell media people stuff like, Oh, he's going to sure, be sure. great. And Oh, we have all the confidence in the world. You get to see it. And then I just watch, I go, he's just not any good at basketball right now. And that's a huge problem because you still have to figure out what you have. So most of like you're sacrificing minutes of two other guys that could be superstars in this league. So that's a weird thing. Cause it's, it's like, can you really just shut him down when you spent the number one pick on him last year? Because from the play standpoint, and what he's doing to the rest of your offense, you shouldn't play him, but you kind of have to. So I, that that's something I'm not even like, I would never want to be in that kind of situation as a team or coach. Right. Like you have to ask yourself, Ryan, if he was the 10th pick and you didn't give up a, another pick top pick to get him, is he playing right now? Is he starting right now? I don't think so. No, no way. No way. You know, and I, I'm not trying to do, you know, as I admit to how bad I was in the Sixers thing, but when I was doing the draft, you guys know, like, that's my favorite thing. And, and I was lucky enough to do it as an analyst for radio for all those years. And I'd go through and spend hours on synergy. Just the more I kept watching Tatum, I'd be like, why is he not at least in that conversation? Cause it was always consensus seemed to be, it was Fultz ball. And then the next tier. And I just, I love Tatum, but I also understood, okay, all right, you don't want to take him one. And then when this whole thing happens, I go, man, Angel's just so good at this stuff. And then I'd ask teams about Fultz. I go, you know, what, what do you think after the first year, right? I was at the combine in Chicago in May and no one was bashing Fultz. They go, dude, if you didn't see him play in the, the U S game, if you didn't see him like the one year at Washington was kind of a mess and the whole thing. And, and we can go in a million different directions why it was, but because if you watch him in the international stuff, the last couple of years, this kid is special. So this isn't like somebody drafted a kid at one and it was a mistake. Like he was supposed to be the number one pick. And it made sense. And now it's just, I feel awful for the kid. I really do. Here's an interesting stat from Derek Bodner. Um, this is entering last night's game with Ben Simmons on the court. Markel Fultz was shooting 34.6% from the field, averaging 12 and 12 points, four assists per 100 possessions, remove Ben Simmons from the court. And that goes up to 45%, 19 points, nine assists per 100 possessions. So still not like killer. Oh my God. Numbers per one. Can't have them both on the floor, but, but yeah, exactly. Like you were saying, Tom, like if you remove one of those guys, things do open up a bit. Now, maybe some of that time is, is I don't know how much time or how much garbage time Philly actually has so far. And if Fultz is even playing in that, like I'm sure there's some weird thing every time in minutes, but but there's a difference. Yeah, Every of time course. Why wouldn't you? Well, they doubled. They, they base should triple. Went doubled. Yeah. Like keep a guy on Reddick, keep a guy on Covington and let the other guys like, all right, go ahead and cut. We've got three guys in the lane. And they're crazy. Fultz is actually at 36% as I pulled it up on three, which I was blown. I'm like, oh, wow, that's way higher. Yeah. 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 It's uh, only attempt a game though. One and a half. Right. Exactly. I'm actually yeah. surprised that it's that much that that many attempts, you know, it doesn't feel like that. No, it really doesn't. No, that I mean, we're talking you know, uh, what 11 attempts this season. So, uh, the same thing happens with Ben Simmons too, by the way, is when Fultz is on the court, Ben Simmons is averaging per 36. Just bear with me. 12 points, seven assists, three, 13 rebounds without Fultz on the court. He's at 20 points, 10 assists and 13 rebounds. Much more efficient from the floor. Both of those guys, I think it's a lot of the the taking turns thing. They're not nearly as good as LeBron and Dwayne, but I think it's a lot of the taking turns thing where they're just in their heads about it. When Markell is out there with Ben, I just feel like they're not getting the best of each of those guys, and they're trying to make it work. But at this point, I don't know if they they should be on the floor together, period. Yeah. 
I'm still high on Fultz too. Like I, st- I think he's going to be good. I don't know if this is the right situation for him, but I think he, I think he'll be a good player. Now, will he be justifying of a number one pick, especially with Tatum in the mix? Like, no, probably not. But, um, but I do, I do think like, I wonder if this is the right mode of getting him up to speed because they are sacrificing a lot because they're, you know, the, the team with, with JJ in there instead of Fultz is just so much better. Like they're better defensively. Uh, the offense has struggled so far this season, but whatever. Like that'll that'll get up to speed, um, and they're just they're just so much better. Because that's the other thing is this team's getting destroyed defensively with Fultz on the court with the with that starting line. Right, and that's the whole point of having JJ come off the bench. Is <laughs> like, hey, we got to bring up a bring in another athlete to defend a little bit better. Yeah, right. That's I mean that's the issue, and so I do wonder like maybe this is a long term view that I'm not seen as well but to me it just makes more sense like let Fultz dance around the second unit like go go dominate with that with that with that starting line with JJ in there instead of Fultz and then and then stagger the minutes remove Simmons you know three four minutes a game so he gets a little bit more rest let Fultz go out there and dance all over the second unit and and let him build confidence that way also I I agree with I sorry uh Maze I hate that so many possessions end up with Joel getting the ball at the top of the key and trying to operate. I, I hate that. And I think that's a function of them having two complete non-shooters. And it's like, you know, Joel's basically the best player on the team. But I don't think, yeah, he can make open shots at a decent enough clip, especially for somebody in his position. But watching him dribble off his foot or throw a terrible bounce pass, like, that shit is annoying. <laughs> You know, I agree that uh, with you, Zach, that that they should switch up the lineups. But I, I do see the advantage of at least like trying it out now in the beginning of the season, trying to improve having Fultz and Simmons out there together because it would be nice to have those two play together, considering that is the future of the team. But like when is you know, when is it going to reach a breaking point? When do they have to play their best basketball all the time. And that's yeah. probably going to be later in the season. Well, that's the other thing too, is that at this point, based on what we saw, let's just, I mean, I don't know how fair this is, but let's just say like what we saw mentally from Fultz last year, right. With the whole shoulder thing and the yips and all that stuff. Um, based on that, can you remove him from the starting lineup at this point, put him in the second unit and have yeah, that confidence still be would, there? Like that ruin him. Yeah. Have yeah. they created a, a, too tricky of a situation to navigate. Yeah, but he's getting left alone. You don't think that hurts his psyche a little bit? I think it's I mean, all damaging to his yeah, psyche. Right. I think I think he's had one of the worst like narratives of any draft pick I can remember. Like, like even it's Anthony not, Bennett it's, was just right. Bad it's not at Anthony basketball. Bennett, but it's but it's it's not that far from it, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like we're in a couple years, they're gonna be at least you know, they might be put together. We're gonna nope. start calling him Markel Olawakandi. Oh, no. <laughs> well, the difference—the difference is Anthony Bennett wasn't the consensus number one pick, right? Right. No, he Markel was came in, and it was very much the majority people thought that he deserved to be the number one pick. Anthony Bennett was like, "Ah, eh, there's no one really stand out in this class, so I guess we'll take Anthony Bennett this year." Let's panic and push the Anthony yeah. Bennett button. It's funny what Ryan said about like Tatum being that guy for you before the draft, because I remember talking to Drew Hanlon and you know, Drew Hanlon is obviously a, you know, a, a marketer as much as he's a trainer. Yeah. But, yeah. but he was like, he was telling me, he was like, he was like, Oh no, he's going to be so much better than Josh Jackson. So much better than Jonathan Isaac, like so much better than all these guys. And at the time I was like, yeah, you kind of have to say that. Right. But, at the, but he was also like, look, I made this adjustment in his three point shot, check the numbers from this game on and you'll see. And it really was like all of a sudden, I think, you know, his, 
the base of his feet like had changed or something like some minor change, but it really had increased his three point shooting by like 15% on a higher volume. And at that point it was, it did start to come into like, well, maybe this guy is better than everyone's giving him credit for. Maybe he's not just this like, Oh, he's a random score. He's Tobias Harris. No, I think the things that I like is when you're a freshman and you know, he'd missed a little time with, I think it was a foot injury at Duke. And he, he came in and, like I would see him in transition and pull up from like 15. And I know we all hate mid-range shots now, but like there was just some polish to his game that was really odd. I mean, not just rare, like, wow, how the, how the, how the hell does he already know that stuff? Or, you know, he would pick up kind of how a defense would help on him. Maybe he scored an earlier bucket and then, then, you know, the screener would, the guy was getting screened, would stay with him. They'd keep two with him and he would already anticipate it. And I was like, this is like, next level NBA point guard stuff, you know, who are there reading the help. And there were just little things with him there that I like, but I think it's important to bring up that, yeah, Fultz was consensus one and there was a reason. And this whole, we can't worry about his psyche if we bench him. Um, I think that's why they put him in there. Like, Hey, let's make him feel like a starter. You're the number one pick. You're going to be out right. there with those two guys. Uh, I don't, I don't blame the Sixers for trying a million different paths to, to solve this thing. But the problem that I'll have with this is that if, if, we're, if we're still talking and yeah, I mean, I'm sympathetic about it to a point, but if we're still talking about the psyche of a player, say year three and it doesn't look right, then that probably tells you the player is not going to work out. And that, that would be awful. I'd, I'd hate for that to happen. But I mean, if it, there's only so many things you can do for a guy and you know, he'll get, he'll end up, you know, if it doesn't work out in Philly, he'll get traded and then the new fan base will get really excited and we'll read all these articles about change of scenery and all this stuff. <laughs> yeah. But if you're still in between on shots and your confidence is gone for whatever reason, then it doesn't matter what the hell your zip code is. I do, I do like the way he attacks at times too. Like he, the, I don't know. I mean, he is kind of a mess, but I think there's a, and I mean this in a very loose, like just stylistic way. There's kind of like a Paul Pierce element to him in that he he uses angles and strength and turning his shoulder to yeah. get into the lane and get around guys that I'm like, OK, there's there's definitely something there. Right. Like it isn't it wasn't just a fluke. Like he was the number one pick. All, like there is some there's some instinctual just how he uses his body stuff. Where I'm like, oh, shit. Like once he figures things out, like he's going to be unstoppable in that way. But then if they're playing 15 feet off him, like what do you do? The one real quick thing I noticed too, and I don't have, you know, somebody could log this and go over, so it was totally wrong. But I don't know if it was, the, I don't know when it was, but I, I, I saw him on a couple catch and shoots, uh, catch and shoot at the end of a shot clock, and it was the best his shot looked. Like he didn't have any time to think about. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it was just muscle memory from muscles long ago, right? I got two seconds to get this off. Seriously, dude, it could have been a baseline from the left side, and it was one possession. But it just jumped out to me. Like I rewound it and went, there's a guy that isn't thinking and look how much better the shot was. Yeah. So you're proposing a lobotomy? Not there yet. But not, yeah, not there yet. <laughs> Ricky Rubio-esque. Yeah. But it's in the cards. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're doing crazy. I'm sure that's Tom's next national feature, right? It's like, yes. oh, we've talked water. We've talked Tinder. What about lobotomies? <laughs> the next market inefficiency. Yes. <laughs> His brain surgery, right? Uh, Waz had to leave before we could get into this Bucks Raptors thing. The Bucks He's trash ducking the it again, dude. I know, man. Ducked the daily ding last night. Ducking his because I I probably have to bounce after an hour. I got I got. Twins. Oh, you can yeah, you can leave whenever you want. They're not my twins, but I do have. <laughs> Are you, you're taking care of random children. 
Yeah, that's my new thing now. Okay, cool. <laughs> process starts off a little rough when I show up, but then they get to know me and it works out. Yeah. What is it, at Rusilla for all your nanny needs on uh, on Twitter? <laughs> yeah, we're uh, we're going to brand it differently, but um, thanks a lot for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. Well, thank you, Thank Ryan. you, Ryan. Appreciate Anytime. it, buddy. That's great. Thanks, right. man. Bye. All right. Call you next week. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs>